big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you and welcome to our Naughty or Nice podcast. This is Marion Rose and Lael Stone. And if you are new to our podcast and want to learn a little bit more about us, please go and have a look at the first one that we made because that shares a little bit about our background. But today we're going to talk about a very juicy topic, which we called Naughty or Nice on purpose, (laughs) which is all going to be all about punishments discipline and alternatives, really compassionate ways of responding to children when they do things or don't do things that we don't want them to do or they don't do things that we do want them to do. Mm. So, I mean, I would really love you to start, Marion, talking about just the cultural beliefs and understanding around this topic because that's really, I guess, where most of us are hugely influenced on around how we deal with, and I'm putting this in inverted commas, naughty behaviour. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so it's really seeing that, that the whole idea of punishments and rewards and, and guilt and shame, and all of those things actually come from our culture. So they're not inherent beliefs that all human beings need to have that are actually a product of this culture that we live in. And they've been around for a long, long time. Mm. And most of us grew up very much within this paradigm. And the paradigm is really based on an actual core belief about human beings and our true nature. Mm. So we really come from thousands of years, really, of believing that human beings are really kind of born, you could say, either as bad or sinful or, you know, in some way tainted and that we need to be taught and to learn how to be compassionate and cooperative and helpful citizens. Whereas this approach that we're going to be offering today is really a very, very different, fundamentally different. And I think this is um, why why parents sometimes really um, you know, need to talk about this piece is to really understand this isn't just a, a surface level um, technique or way of responding to children. It's really a very different core belief about children and all human beings that actually our true nature is love, is compassion, connection, mm. cooperation. And what we're really doing as parents is more really create both creating an environment to help babies and children stay connected with that, but also helping them in terms of... Uh, helping them release whatever actually is getting in the way of them being who they really are. So Mm. it's a really completely different paradigm. It's not a a teaching them to become something that they're not. It's helping them stay connected with something that is intrinsically themselves. Mm. And I think like the way I see that show up a lot in, in the people I work with or just is you know, this belief of if my child does something naughty, they need to be punished or they need to be taught that that's not naughty. And the way that we handle that is to take something away from them um, so that they will learn, you know, that that, that's not okay behaviour and that they will either get the thing back when they're good or when they've apologised or there needs to be a payment for misbehaving, you know. And, I mean, part of what I look at with this is that we still have this expectation that children should be good all the time and should not make mistakes. And I often say, as adults, we make mistakes all the time. Like, we totally... I was about to say F up, but we do. We do all the time because we're human, right? And 
And yet we don't send ourselves to the corner or we don't, you know, take something away from ourselves. If but we actually do do internal well, we punishment. Do. Yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. going to talk about yes. that. Yeah. But, but my thing within that is that, yeah. that, you know, we expect children to have this ideal behavior all the time. And I mean, another part of that I often think about is that we want our children to grow up to be adults or teenagers that speak their truth and who are leaders or not even leaders, but speak their truth and will stand up for people and, you know, have a voice yet in children we don't want that because that is often challenging you know for the adult so we try to squash that in the child but then we want that in the, in the uh, adult or the teenager which you know doesn't kind of work in that way so I think where I I see too is um you know punishments is a big thing that often pops up for people around where parenting that I work with but the belief is but my child should pay for something they've done wrong and again, as, as you mentioned before, really it's about looking behind the behavior of what they're doing. They're not doing whatever they've done wrong, in inverted column, uh, commas, to to you know to annoy you or to do it maliciously they're doing it because there's something else going on for them it's looking behind that behavior to say what is why are they doing what they're doing there's always a reason for what's happening and i think when we get into the paradigm of you know we need to punish you for doing something wrong then what happens for the child when we actually do that and i mean i know that's something you can speak to marion around that when we do send a child to time out or when we do punish them for doing something wrong you know the the essence of shame becomes so big in their being of i am bad not i've done something wrong but i am bad because as the parent withdraws the love from them you know again that that's our natural uh inherent knowing that we're meant to be connected and attached to the parent and when the parent withdraws the love in that way then really we internalize that as i've done something wrong or i am bad you know and that's where that shame piece comes in as well which is really big and and you know how it can play out you know often is that in many different ways as children you know it can we we learn this I think just when we're young and we learn pretty quickly that we need to learn how to survive you know so that natural instinct when we're born is in order to survive I need food but I also need attachment so I need that connection piece so we learn pretty as at an early age of that in order to survive I have to conform to whatever this this connection piece actually looks like so that's whether we don't speak up we don't cry we learn pretty quickly about how to make sure we get our needs met you know so for me personally I mean I had beautiful parents but there really wasn't much space for crying or listening to feelings so I was a very good girl when I was little like I was the goodest girl you could find right I never did anything wrong I never caused trouble you know I was very good in inverted commas all the time but I was also terrified of doing something wrong and if I did get in trouble I would feel like I was going to die like the feeling was so strong really this was up into my 20s as well that I couldn't take risks or I couldn't do anything that was considered bad by someone because it tapped me straight back into that feeling of the the separation of love when you do something wrong and therefore you won't survive that that primal instinct within it and i think our society does have a lot of good boys and good girls out there who won't speak up who don't do things because again that imprint really sits strongly that when you have done something wrong it means you're bad and i'm going to you know, I'm going to take my, my love, my energy away from you, you know, and we can't risk losing that because we need that to survive. So then we will be good. But really it denies in the child, you know, that, that deeper piece, as we talked about, is the why we are behaving in this way, what's behind it. Yes. And I, I, 
I was also a very good girl. Oh, really? <laughs> so we could well have been good girls together. Yes. Um, and I think that's really understanding that the system of punishments and rewards, to a lesser extent, but still very much the case, is it appears to, it's a very surface level response. It appears to be, and it's really based on behaviorism. So behaviorism mm. came about in the 1950s ish. It was actually based on experiments with rats and dogs. That's where Time Out came from. So it's really based on behaviour. It's looking just at behaviour. And what often happens then is it may, in the short term, appear to work in inverted commas. So it may the child may um, do more of what you want them to do and less of what you don't want them to do. But the, the cost is either, and often it's more highly sensitive children will do the more... Um, the, the compliance so it's not cooperation it's actually compliance so it's actually in some sense of giving up of their what's their true self or what's really going on for them in order to be safe and to belong as you were so beautifully mm. talking about but the other side of that is for some children they and often that happens more in the teen years is they will go more into rebellion mm. so they'll go into to fighting into that natural outrage when mm. they're being overpowered mm-hmm. and you know when they become teenagers mm-hmm. When, when there is less and less um, of a power imbalance with, for parents and teens, you know, the rebellion gets bigger and bigger. Oh. And there comes a point where if you're using power over methods that, that you actually end up having, I think, less power than the teens. 100%. And I've, I know you've done lots of research yes. into yes. this. Well, looking at this, we often talk about if we use rewards to get children to do what we want. And we use it, it starts small, I'll give you... A Frito frog. If you go and do this, we're or... in Australia. That's an oh, Australian sorry. chocolate. No, I don't need to be sorry. I just want to say for people who don't know what Frito frog is, not a real frog. Chocolate. It's a chocolate. <laughs> if I give you, I'll give you this to get you to do what I want. Then you know the child then learns pretty quickly. Well, I can actually get a whole lot of stuff here, and and they have to they up the ante of what they want. And I often joke before you know it, you are buying your child a BMW to finish year twelve. Right? <laughs> the child is like, I'm not going to do that until. You you give me something that's that i see value so it's the same again i think a really standard um in a way again of controlling teenagers and i say controlling because that's often what i see in a lot of my love work around this is with teenagers which is is amazing by the way which we will be talking about in a future podcast (laughs) um but a lot of what i see in the teenage landscape is that you know parents are trying to figure out what they can use as leverage to still get their kids to do what they want you know so it becomes bigger things and really the big key thing that a lot of uh, i see a lot of parents use is they use technology to they turn off the wi-fi they take away their phones because the child's not doing what they want them to do and that is a lifeline for a lot of teens that's that's the leverage so maybe when the child's young it might be having a treat or it might be watching something on the ipad but as if they get to be teenagers that it has to become bigger leverage and a lot of the forums that i i look at and watch are really all about discussions around what is the appropriate punishment to take away from my child or and how do they earn it back and that's a lot of you know what i read i mean i read one thing saddened me a lot actually was around some teenagers where the teenager wasn't cooperating or something was going on so and it really read if you looked behind the lines there was a lot of disconnection going on between the parent and the child and um the the child had a habit of like walking to their room and slamming the door and the parent got so sick of it they took the door off the the hinge and so yeah the room had no door and it was really about how does she earn back the door the teenager you know so and this is the punishment so she'll learn not to slam the door but also 
to respect our house, right? And really, I mean, I looked at that and thought behind that whole story there is a teenager that has got a whole lot of stuff going on that, you know, sounds like it's really triggering triggering the parent as well and that we're totally missing actually what's happening here. There's a piece here we're totally missing. So if we jump to the rewards and punishment, you know, rewards, punishments, bribes, those kind of things to get to what we want, um, it, it does actually run out of steam as they get older because, you know, as your teenagers get bigger, you can't smack them anymore. You know, that, that's then be considered violence. You know, it still astounds me it's okay in society, some, in some places, to smack your kids, but that's another topic. But, you know, I think it is as they get bigger, you know, we, we see that you're going to run out of power within that. And again, what happens to the relationship as well oh, is that the child yes. becomes very resentful of the parent really disconnected from the parent they feel massively understood because this this leverage that they've had to use in order to get their child to conform all the time where really they're missing what's actually happening behind what's going on there and and i mean to jump into just as we see how this progresses you know my my kids and their friends often come over a lot and and i hear a lot of stories from teenagers and you know, um, my 15-year-old daughter and I, we did this beautiful anonymous survey a little while ago to a whole group of teenagers just to get a feel of what they felt they really wished they had from their parents and what felt what it was that they really needed as teenagers. And every single one came back with, I just want my parent to listen to me without judgment. I just want my parent to know that I'm struggling or I'm trying my best, you know. And one of the questions was, does it make a difference to you if you get grounded or you get punished? And all their answers were, no, I just hide stuff better. <laughs> just They get better at lying. They get better at hiding stuff. Um, they just work their way around that. It doesn't change the behavior at all. They just get better at hiding it to still do what they want. So the theme so greatly was the disconnection. And I think, you know, aware parenting is so much about connection. And when we move into, I guess, punishments and rewards we are moving into disconnection we are not moving into connection and and then we have to look at okay well what what do we do with that which is that next piece yeah and it actually fits with the research doesn't it there's a beautiful book by Alfie Cohn we're going to share about um, punished by rewards where he shows the research that shows actually rewards don't work either that actually if you reward a child for doing something they're actually less once you stop giving the reward they're actually less likely to want to do that than they would have been if you'd never given the reward in the first Mm. place and what we're really talking about is I love what you talk about connection intrinsic motivation so it's also connection with ourselves with them as well as as in between us and what I love to see is this old paradigm of punishments and rewards which is a part of this Um, domination system that we've grown up in which we're moving out of is really based on um, these superficial um, ways of understanding people rather than actually looking what is the real cause of behavior Mm. and how can we help a child or a a teenager be willing to cooperate with us so it's really um, you know they're really like sticking plaster things that are on the surface rather than actually looking underneath to actually really the real causes of behavior mm. the real causes of a lack of cooperation so that we can help our children to be more loving to be more compassionate to actually want to cooperate and it's such a more to me more um, advanced way of understanding because we're really looking at these very subtle things mm. what's actually really going on how can we help 100% and, and I think a big piece for me of understanding this is that children 
want to connect. Their natural state is to feel good with you, to feel connected to you, yes. and to actually please you. Yes. That That's actually what feels good. Yes. Much like if you think about your lover or your partner you know when when you feel good you want to do beautiful things for them you you are tend you want to do that because you love them and it feels good to do that yes. children actually want to yes, do that as well so when we see a child that isn't cooperating or is doing something that's out of balance again for me the first protocol is oh what's going on for them because yes. i know their natural state is to yes. to do something so i mean yes. i used to kind of tell a story of you know we had different jobs in our houses you know and that's what we do to kind of keep our family humming and and I'd say to my son oh can you please take out the rubbish now most of the time he'd go oh, yeah, he'd just do it but when he'd go no I'm not taking it out I'd go oh what's going on right my my response wasn't I told you to take out the rubbish that's your job it was oh there's something going on for him because I know that he naturally would do that because that feels good for him but there's something amiss that he's not wanting to do that so and so then I would kind of move in a bit or just kind of try and connect with him in some way to find out what was going on underneath what was happening there so it is looking at it in a different way to see that there is something that's driving what's happening and like our other podcast we talked about which is about when kids have got a lot of feelings on board they're less likely to cooperate and they're also more likely to act out because there's something going on for them that they're, they're really needing to try and work through to come back into balance. Mm. And I'd love to share this story again about my son, which is um, about when he got in trouble at school. Oh, so, I love this story. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, he was in about year eight at the time, so I think he's about 13. And um, I got a text message um, from him that just said, I am never effing going to school again. And I was like, oh, something must have gone down. So I text him straight back, way back, just saying, are you okay, darling? Where are you? And he's like, I'm on the way home. And I was like, I'm, I'm here for you. Like, we'll talk about it when you get home. So I thought, I knew that what was going to walk through the door is something happening. Mm. So he walks in the door and we have a very long hallway and I just stood at one end of the hallway and he walked in and as soon as I saw his face, he was really visually upset. And I stood at the end of the hallway and I just said to him, there is nothing you could have done and there is nothing that could have happened that is not going to make me love you. Like, I am here for you and whatever's happened, I'm with you. And he just walked up the hallway and just burst into tears and I just, you know, hugged him. And um, and then we took him over to the couch and I was like, just tell me everything, what happened? And then he, he burst into tears and he started telling me about um, he'd got in trouble with one of the teachers at school. They'd done something that was a bit, you know, out of character. They'd taken something, whatever. I can't even remember what it was. And um, we had to go back in about half an hour to go and see the principal. And, and he was scared. He's like, I don't want to go back and see the principal. I'm getting in trouble. And, you know, and I just listened and listened and listened to all his fears. And I said to him, you know, um, do you think what you did was wrong? And he goes, yeah, I know I shouldn't have done it. But, you know, I was feeling really upset. And, and I just did it. And I was like, that's okay. So we all make mistakes, but we need to repair in some way. So part of the repairing is to go to the school and talk to the principal and see you know and let's see what happens and I just want you to know I'm beside you I've got your back like you are not a bad person you may have made a a mistake or, or done something that wasn't what you would normally do and that's okay so let's go and see what we need to do to repair this so we went back to the principal and we walked in and and she was kind of sat there and And she said, now, Kai, you know, why did you do this? This is very out of character for you. 
And he just burst into tears and he just said his best mate had left the school about a week earlier and he goes, I just miss my friend. I just miss my friend. And then oh, that just set me off. I started crying. <laughs> the principal's looking at us like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> she just handed over the tissues. And he basically just opened up and he's like, I just miss my friend and I just I feel really sad that he's gone. So what was driving his behaviour in school was really this underneath feeling of just like, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling a bit lost, I'm not happy about this, my best mate's left the school, I don't know where I sit and belong within this. And so then he had a cry about that and then, you know, the teacher just said to him, the principal, you know, look, what we would like to repair in some way you know could you do this you know well this is what i would like you to do which was something about picking up rubbish or yard duty or something and kai was like yeah i'm really happy to do that and he said i'm sorry and you know that kind of thing and he also said i'll write a letter to the teacher so he of his own volition said i'll write a letter to the teacher and apologize and then we got up and left the office and we walked out door and i looked at him and i go you're right mate and he just hugs me and he's just like thanks mum you know and that was it and then it was gone and we never really talked about it again but the whole thing around that was that you know i, I was imagining for myself what would have happened in other situations where he's done something wrong to come down hard on your kid for being bad or you've done something wrong those kind of things would never have got to the bottom of actually what was happening underneath and also in that that story I guess what I really learned as a parent was that he needs to know he can come to me with anything with anything I am not anything that is big he can come to me with because ultimately that's what we say we want in those teenage years but if we have used lots of punishments and grounding and all those kind of things when our children are little they're not going to come to you the big stuff because it's not safe to come to the big stuff with you because they're going to feel that disconnection or there's going to be loss or something, you know, it's going to be taken away from them. So my, my thought has always been around, I want my kids to know that no matter what happens and what they do, I've got their back. And, you know, through raising teenagers really over the last seven or eight years, there's been many little things that have popped up, which are all totally age appropriate, really normal teenage things. And each time I've had to take a deep breath and go, yep, just remember <laughs> teenagers, let's check myself first. I usually, if something big's gone on, I have to go and have a little bit of listening time first with my own feelings before I come back to my kids to make sure that I'm really anchored there for them to go, all right, what's going on here? And listen to whatever's happened and then really putting it back to them and going, how do you need to repair this? What do you need to do to be accountable for what's happened or whatever? And they've always found their own way to repair, be accountable, whatever it is that they've needed to, which has come from them intrinsically, not yes. that I'll yes. say sorry because I'm being yes. made to say sorry. Because yes. it's that intrinsic love that we really are, that they want to they make, want to make amends, they are loving, they are compassionate. Mm. And even that, you know, making children say say sorry, sorry. Is, is part of this as well. It's really mm. um, that these things can be put on the, on the surface but actually not mean anything. Whereas when we mm. do what you... I love that story so much. Mm. I remember you sharing it the mm. first time with me mm. that we help... What you're doing and what we're aiming to do is help them be their true loving nature by loving them unconditionally whatever's yes. showing up and that yeah that does mean sometimes setting loving limits as we talked about in Absolutely. the last podcast it's not permissive parenting but it's unconditionally loving parenting because we know that our child's true nature is love they yes. are naturally loving connected cooperative beings if they're not being that there's mm. something going on for them and that's our yes. job and again i'd love to bring in aletha's lovely aletha salter's lovely model the three things that we can always look for for the causes of unenjoyable behavior uh, number one is a need for information mm. number two is unmet needs and number three is accumulated painful feelings so mm. i always find it really helpful as well to go through that list 
to check off those things. And again, we listened into ourselves, like you talked about the cooperation piece, I'm sure, and I know for myself, I've had many times where my children have asked for something and I've been like, I don't I don't want to cooperate. I don't want to mm. give you the thing. I don't want to get the thing. It's the same for us. If we have we have a need for information or we're thinking harsh things or we have unmet needs or we have painful feelings bubbling up we don't want to cooperate mm. it's not that and and you know i always like to bring everything back to that internalized thing that we can also punish ourselves a million times mm. i should be nice. i should have cooperated i should be i should be a nice man whatever the thing that is not going to address the real cause mm. of why we don't want to cooperate mm. when we understand why why children don't want to cooperate and we actually address the root cause mm. it's, it's just it's a much more profound and deep and lifelong mm. experience of deep connection of, of unconditional which they then internalize themselves like yes. you know if i imagine for your son yeah. i imagine he doesn't ever punish himself if he no. does something hard he doesn't mean to do he probably mm. feels compassion probably how can i repair because that's what he experienced from you totally. so gorgeous and, and what i've also seen is that my kids are so willing to apologize yes. and admit they've made yes. mistakes because we all make it okay to make mistakes yeah. you know for a while there in our family dinners we would have a Every dinner we go, what was your biggest failure today? Like, what did we do that, that messed up or what was wrong? And we would all kind of have a laugh around, it's okay to make mistakes and, and what we do. And, and I think that, again, too, of making children say sorry, coming back to that piece, yes. is they, I've heard this from so many people too, when they were made to say sorry when they were a child, they never meant it. And, yeah. and they always felt angrier because yeah. I am Simple. not sorry right now. Yeah. And I haven't got to that point yet yes. in my own body of feeling, feeling the that. true love yes. and the yes. compassion for that other person. Yes. Right now I'm just hurt yes. still. And yeah, totally. And what I would often say to my children is, when you feel ready, you do whatever you need to do to repair. Yes. So I left it to them yes. to find it. And sometimes Beautiful. it would take half an hour sometimes you know a few hours but then they would circle back when they felt ready of moving in their bodies to connect with that person that they may have treated badly or done something wrong to honor within that and i've really watched this too with um an interesting thing of my study of teenagers and something my teenage daughter and i talk about a lot is you know particularly with teenage girls it can be so full-on with friendships and feelings and emotions and boys and all sorts of stuff and there's there's a lot of you know sometimes tricky behavior amongst everybody and one of the biggest things that my daughter talks about which annoys her the most is that her friends won't often acknowledge what they've done wrong and won't apologize and she said they always hide from it and she said and she often and will call them out on it or she will openly say I own that I that I did something wrong and I really apologize and she will own that behavior but one of the things she finds hardest is that people don't and because they're scared of being punished yeah and because most of so it works against isn't it yeah. amazing that actually works against the, mm. the what the desire is in a parent mm. is to have a compassionate child who mm. will apologize it mm. actually means it, it means less it happens less yes wow and I think also too I, I really invite people to tune into yourself particularly if you've got little ones and if you do if you've ever used time out or you've done something to really check how that feels for you and your body doing it like I remember even trying time out or trying to do stuff when my kids were younger when I had no idea what to do and I always remember going it just doesn't feel right it didn't feel good because it was like I just is it was like what society expected me to do but it just never felt right for me so then I just didn't know what to do and so just you know tried to keep everyone happy for a long time and (laughs) that was a few exhausting years there but um you know again then when we moved into under when I had more understanding I guess awareness around this of of shifting that there was no such thing as 
you are being naughty. Yeah. It is always just seeing that's a child exist. there yeah. that is saying, I've got some stuff on board, you know. And please help me. Please help me. And so if we looked at it that way again yeah. to an animal that was lashing out or acting out because they're injured or they're hurt, mm. they might be saying, please help me. We wouldn't then, you know, punish that animal for doing that. We'd go, oh, my God, you're hurt. Yes. How yeah. can we help you? Exactly. And actually when children are doing those things that we find most unenjoyable is actually when they're most, you know, that's because there is either that mm. they're, they're confused they don't understand or they have an unmet mm. need or they've got these painful feelings mm. so they most need our help isn't yes. it they most need our love yes and I, I often say this way to keep it really simple when you see your child acting out it's a red flag yes. they're waving and they're going the I've got something on board yes. I need your help and the job of the parent or you know the invitation is to connect to go to get in there close in whatever way whether that's with a bit of play whether that's with setting a limit to bring that connection to say, hey, I'm here for you, what's actually happening underneath. And when they feel that sense of safety or connection within it, then they're more likely to offload what actually is behind that behavior, which again then makes no sense to punish or to do stuff like that. Again, thinking of it this way, and I know a lot of parents would, would, if you've got a baby or a young one and you have a toddler and the toddler walks past and hits the baby in the head, you know, we can, our knee-jerk reaction is to come in with a big, no, you can't do that, which again, of course, is that I need to make sure my little baby's all right. Mm. There's that protective element. But actually, if we can reframe it to say, oh, he's having a hard time and and what he needs is my help and connection to, you know, move those feelings, you know. So again, that if we yelled at our little one when they hit the, the baby and then put them on the step or in the corner or we took something away from them it is not addressing at all what's actually underneath that yes and so when we're looking at a long-term perspective mm. if you think what happens in the more old-fashioned perspectives is it adds that the hurt's still there the unmet needs whatever it's usually hurt is still mm. there and we're adding extra things on the top so in mm. terms of the development of our child's personality it's setting up a personality structure like that where you know as you said with with your daughter and her friends where there isn't that natural lovingness because it's there's this hurt underneath and then there are all these um, mechanisms on the top Mm. whereas with aware parenting what we're much more likely to do is we're helping i always see it like we're like a love sphere that's Mm. who we really are and all the hurts get put on the top of the love sphere and the more hurts there are the less we can we feel love and the less Mm. we're able to be loving and our, I see our job as parents is to provide a loving environment, so to provide that modelling, and also to help our children release these hurts, the things that are getting in the way of them being loving, so that they can stay loving as a long-term, mm. you know, their personality will become mm. someone who naturally wants to mm. apologise, to repair, to contribute, to mm. cooperate, because that's who they really are. So this mm. is so profound. That's what I love about aware parenting. Mm. It's, it's not, you know, it's an amazing thing, both in short term actually really works it helps children to become more cooperative more compassionate more connected sleep more peacefully all of those things but on a long-term basis it profoundly affects the development of their personality in a way that helps them stay deeply connected to to their true nature Mm. to their true compassion to their presence to their awareness in Mm. a way that changes their whole life Mm. and I, I just just as you're talking and I was like Oh God! When we're punished as a child, we just keep punishing ourselves. When we're exactly, yes, just gets like, passed down. It just is. We just keep it going because yes. that's what we believe exactly. we need to do. We internalize it. And how does that punishment turn up for ourselves? Yes. If just 
not looking after ourselves, yes. all those kind of Let's things. Let's look at self-punishment. So all mm. self-punishment is all the harsh. So any, if you think about it for yourself, do you all the harsh thoughts you have, all the shame, mm. all the guilt, all the mm. harsh judgments, that is internalized punishment. Mm. That's what punishment as a younger person shows up as mm. and how would you like your child's inner dialogue to mm. be would you like them mm. to be deeply connect- connected to their true loving mm. nature mm. compassionate with themselves mm. compassionate with others is mm. that imagine that's what everyone mm. wants isn't it yes completely completely yeah it's and, and look you know i really respect that this paradigm around punishments and rewards is a big one to shift because yeah. it's it's still cultural strongly, thousands of years yeah, and it's really strongly still promoted in our current culture is it yeah oh, it is. i know you don't tap into that it's so different in Lel's <laughs> out there in the world reading the books it, it really people. is i mean it, I, it, it really is even a, one of the parenting teenage books i read the other day was still about the currency of what your child wants or needs and taking that away you know when when your teens won't do their homework or when they won't you know commit to doing their schooling and i thought whoa this is still this is still really being you know sprouted as really great wisdom of finding that leverage and and we're missing really what's behind that yeah. deeply do you know i had an idea as well one a question that can be really helpful whenever in the middle of a, what could i do is to actually again put yourself in your child's shoes if you were three mm. or eight or 15 and you were doing what they're doing what would you actually want your parent how would you want your parent or carer to or person to respond to you what would actually help you be to, to get free of this behavior or this thing what would what do you most want to hear and actually then try out that see see how that feels to speak that to your child or the yes. person the younger person yes again that just that i mean that line what you just said then is it really what what did we what would it have felt like what did we want where are we and i yes i, I see that all the time yeah, like the i hate you so i often think you know people often say well, what if my child goes to their room and they say or they're saying i hate you mm. did you ever want to say that to your parents and perhaps we couldn't possibly because you would have got punished or shamed yes but what if you actually was what were you actually saying mm. that and what would you have loved to have heard mm. and most of the time it's they would we would have loved to have heard mm. i really hear you and i'm mm. right here and i love you anyway and i'm mm. listening tell me mm. more it's sounds like you feel really mm. really outraged mm. about something tell me about uh, it yes I, have, I love you yes. I love you when you're that's angry it. I love you however you feel yes and so I had a beautiful um friend who's just had a baby and she's got a seven-year-old and you know of course a new baby and even though she's seven that's a big change yeah. you know and she told me how a seven-year-old walked into the room and went I hate you you're the worst mother in the world and you need to stick that baby back up your vagina <laughs> it's basically like it needs to go back where it came from and I said to my friend oh my god she's fabulous like oh, look no. at her telling yeah. you how she feels yes. and I know that might be hard to hear but she is expressing her yes. hurt because she feels safe enough to express yes. that hurt and you are doing the most wonderful job by yes. allowing that space for her to bring that out yeah, I love that and the fear isn't it is I think the fear is if we let our children not only let them but actually love that and listen mm. to them that they're going to be like that all the time that, but as we were so showing the, the others it's the opposite that mm. helps them return to their true loving nature mm. they let out the hurt the mm. sitting on the top of the love sphere mm. and they can be loving totally. but if we try and t- no you should be nice to your, your mm. little new sibling mm. that just stays mm. in there they can stay in there for 50 years or 100 oh, yeah. years and we don't get to express it and it leaks out yeah. in all the interactions we have yes. in the future completely uh, and i really i mean i will totally 100 percent reinforce that i'm doing this for a long time <laughs> the more we listen at home in those safe spaces 
the the less our children will do that in the world like yeah. they, they 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 again they reset back to that natural state where they are calm and they are gentle and all those big things because they have the opportunity to express that you know all the time so yeah i absolutely second that and have seen that and many you know i, I do tell this story when i first started web parenting and you know we hadn't done it for a long time well for like eight years my my son was eight and then we finally come to it and and when we're listening to all the crying and raging and there was quite a lot that my older two had to catch up on for a while there was a lot of feelings in our house and my husband just kept looking at me going is this really going to work like tell me if it's going to work and we both sit there now and say oh my god it's the best thing we've ever done because it really has just brought so much harmony and deep connection into our family and our relationship with our children and these beautiful extraordinary children going out into the world with such a sense of who they are it's amazing amazing. Mm. and I, I always remember when my children were younger and you know, my forte was more in the younger years and listened so much listening that they were so calm and gentle. Like they were, and they, everyone said, would they get on? And I was like, 99% of the time, they're absolutely in love with each mm. other. There was no anything else because mm. they got to express all the feelings. Mm. They were so gentle. We'd go out to cafes and things and they would just sit there and be so happy. And the, and the people, you know, often a waiter or a waitress mm. would come and say, well, they're so good and they're so well behaved. And mm. And their dad and I would chuckle because we were thinking, they're probably thinking we've taught them and we've, mm. you know, showed them and we've punished them if they were bad mm. and we've, mm. uh, you know, trained them to be good. And actually yeah. we just knew they'd, they'd had a, both had a big yeah. cry that day and they're mm. totally calm and relaxed. Mm. Of course they're, of course they're relaxed And I out. wish we could really, I mean, I love that, I love that. I wish we could, and you see that in photos of yours, of your kids when they're little, it's just beautiful. I, um... I wish we could really remove that whole good mm. and bad, you yeah. know, they're a good girl, they're a good boy, or, you know, they're a good child, or those kind of things, because there is no it's good no, or bad. And there's no know. good or bad parents yes, either. So yes, yes. No, we've got unmet needs, we're mm. in pain, we behave in ways we don't want to, mm. just like children. And that's the thing about aware parenting, it spreads to a whole, mm. and once we start seeing this in children, isn't it, and then it spreads to ourselves, and then it spreads to deep compassion for others, so... Mm. Mm. All, all humans all mm. beings yes and and I mean I'd also really offer you too that if you have done timeouts all those kind of, it's oh, so okay yes. you know again we are all doing the best job yes. we know how and you know I share this often that I've really come to this you know at a point where I, I was trying all the parenting <laughs> tricks so I often say in my workshop anything you think you've done I've totally <laughs> done as well so there is no judgment and there is no right or wrong within no. this we are all doing our best at the time yeah. especially if we're stressed and we're tired um, yeah. and we've got our own trauma I've done on some board. really unenjoyable things to my yeah. kids especially in that time yeah. after the, after getting divorced mm. so I did some really unenjoyable things mm. but I know that it was because mm. I was in so much pain yes. we only do things yes. when we're in pain or we that's have unmet needs or we're telling it. ourselves unenjoyable yeah. things yes. our true nature is love that's it and and the, the, also the I guess the relief in, in knowing that is also yes. that it is never too late to mm, heal. So even late. whatever we've done, whether yes. we just change it slightly or whether we just know within ourselves that, you know, there's always the opportunity for healing and connection and our beautiful children always want to come back to that. So even if you have a teenager and and you've been, you know, there's been ways that it hasn't felt good, you know, it can start today to yes. just look at your own story and then be able to turn up with to them, you know, with yes. as much openness and connection as possible that can yeah. create healing. I have had clients where there's been massive ruptures and massive disconnection through just understanding this to to literally change kind of their energy on some level to greet their teenager. And the teenager is just almost like, oh, my God, I've been waiting for you. Oh. 
that it just drops and yeah. shifts and changes, you know, and that it's never, ever too late to yes. do that. Yeah. And I actually want to say even then if your children are adults, however mm. old your child is, that it's that actually our capacity to hear their experience mm. and their pain and, and, you know, the things that we did or didn't do mm. without judging ourselves and hearing. Mm. I hear, I have a client who does that with her. Her mum will actually mm. go and do all the repairing. Mm. So she'll go to her and she's in her 40s and Aww, her mum will apologise. So it's really, really is never too late. It isn't, yes. Yeah. Because it, all of us are just holding on to that child. Well, you know, and when it... And as we heal it, we're all just still working through those those stories, aren't we? Yeah. You know, and bringing them into the world. So, yeah. And it is. I want to bring back. We come back to the where we started in the beginning. This is part of a much bigger cultural thing that we are shifting out of an old-fashioned paradigm, and mm. and we've grown up in that. And so, of course, it's not going to be an easy thing. If we all grew up in a different paradigm, be easy and effortless. So, mm. really, to have that compassion that this is a big paradigm shift that we're part of yes completely oh just maybe we should call our podcast compassion 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 podcast for ourselves yes i I feel that i just is so the answer you know through all the healing work and stuff i've done just the answer always comes back to such gentleness and compassion for myself for the parts that were really hard or hurt or you know all of that stuff is the way through in yeah. so many ways. And the more we find that for ourselves, the more we find that for our children, for mm. our own parents, for mm. others who mm. do things or don't do things. It's mm. yeah, compassion. Mm. As my daughter said when she was four, the love can spread. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Oh, the love can spread. That's so beautiful. Mm. So our invitation Ooh. for you. Yes, well, you know, my passion is to really, um, to really maybe listen into how you internally punish yourself and notice how, which you know, can when we first start doing that, can seem like just the how it is, and we maybe may not even realise the inner punishments, but really starting to realise the things that you say to yourself that are punishing, are not you, they're mm-hmm. because your true nature is love. So they're mm-hmm. things you've internalised, and you know, would you like to start shifting any of those and become more compassionate with yourself? Mm, yeah, beautiful, beautiful, and um, and I would love to suggest, you know, as far as you know, things to look at or or you know, further stuff to explore on this topic is, you know, Aletha Salter's book, Cooperative and Connected, is a really beautiful Gorgeous one, you book. know, around just the understanding that punishment rewards element, and also Elfie Cohen. Has has um Cohen Cohen over Cohen a Cohen okay um his book Punished by Rewards it's is cool. also yeah, really great work. Mm, yeah to just really you know again just even have that inquiry about how do you f- is that in in embedded in you I can't speak now. yeah is it embedded in you that there needs to be payback for when something is wrong and just even questioning those thoughts yeah. where have that come from how does that really feel yeah. and would you, you like know? to do something different yeah how, how could that look so yeah beautiful inquiries oh, yeah thank you yeah. so much for listening we are so loving creating these and we mm. hope that you are loving them even half as much as we are making them mm. sending you so much love in this mm. it's a big topic this one so thank you for listening mm, thanks for being here and lots of love thanks for joining us on the aware parenting journey please follow us on facebook and instagram at the aware parenting podcast you can find more about lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find marion at www.marionrose.net we wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey